college ball is back it is november and week nine in the nfl is a wrap a lot of crazy results in week nine tom brady and the buccaneers finally figured it out getting a win against the rams late the chiefs beat the titans in a wild overtime game as well the new york jets upset the bills we're gonna talk all that and a whole lot more frank reich finally got canned for indianapolis and you're never going to guess who they hired as their interim coach. Jeff Saturday, former center. We're going to talk that as well. And we'll also make our predictions for the Week 10 matchups as well. We'll also look at the top 25 in college basketball to open the year. And our thoughts on that as well. So keep a luck. Got a lot of college ball and NFL talk coming your way on this episode. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. College ball is back in the mix, and we are headed into week 10 in the NFL season as we are already over halfway done the NFL regular season. Teams are starting to separate from others, and division races are getting a whole lot closer in the NFL standings. Welcome back to the island, friends. Jay Sahoda, Bilal Lahi. A lot to talk about once again. A lot of stuff going on. College balls back. First day was last, or was last night rather, and a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of upsets. Surprisingly, usually the first day there's not a ton. First week maybe a little bit, but there's a lot. B and I will go over the top 25 to open the season, and we'll talk a little bit about that, and then we'll get into week nine. Some big, big news around the NFL, especially whatever the hell is going on in Indianapolis these days. We're gonna talk about that as well. B, what's cracking? Like you said, man, weird. There's no uh, – yesterday we had the entire NBA playing. Today there's nothing happening in the NBA. Um, Kyrie doing Kyrie things. I mean, the whole – everything in sports is just picking up right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. November, things are really going to pick off. And then in the coming weeks, FIFA World Cup's going to get going. And a whole, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. Um, let's, let's start with college ball before we get to week nine. There's definitely some big things there. But obviously – College balls getting underway yesterday. Your Tar Heels ranked number one in the country to start the year, bringing a lot of guys back from that Final Four run last season and then followed rounding out the top 10. Gonzaga, Houston, Kentucky, Kansas, the defending national champs, Baylor, Duke, UCLA, and Creighton and Arkansas at number 10. B, when you look at the top 25, any surprises to start the year? Any teams that you think that could jump in the top 25 throughout the season? Obviously, it's way too early. We're not really going to start talking about college ball properly until probably February. But so far to start the year, what are you looking at? A lot of a lot of movement in a lot of these teams. I think that's why Carolina's the number one team is because there's at least some foundation, right? You have the arrow pointing up. But with, you know, a lot of coaching, you know, Obviously, Jay Wright's not there, so Villanova's a huge question mark. Same thing with Duke. And then just transfers, I feel like, everywhere. I feel like every team lost eight guys, eight seniors are gone, or their top six scores from last year are gone, and a new four or five transfers in. There's just so much turnover in college basketball right now. It's kind of ridiculous. It kind of makes it more intriguing now, doesn't it, with all the transfers and stuff, because... It's almost like, obviously, in the pros when there's free agency, it's almost like that now in college ball. you got some a lot of movement going on, a lot of transfers. So 
I think that definitely does make things a whole lot more interesting when you look at it. Um, like you said, UNC bringing a whole lot of people back. So I think that's huge over there. Um, Kentucky's another team, obviously a huge disappointment in last year's season ending in the first round of St. Peter's. Can they come back, bringing back Oscar Sheboy? It'll be interesting. I think when I look at the top 25, one of the teams that I think was going to be interesting is Indiana. I think last year, the Hoosiers, they kind of came out of nowhere. The first season under Mike Woodson, wasn't really sure what to expect. And I think they were a lot better than a lot of people expected. And they did some damage. Uh, I think got to the Big Ten semifinals and got to the sec- the second round of the NCAA tournament. Now they're bringing back, they're bringing back Trace Jack- uh, Jackson Davis. Look out for Indiana. That's a team to kind of look out there too. The new coaches, like you just highlighted, I think that's a big one too. Villanova, first year in a long time with no Jay Wright. Duke, first time with no Coach K in a very long time. So it's going to be interesting to see some of these teams with new coaches, how that's going to affect these big programs going into the season. And then Bill Self was suspended for the first four games as well um, of the season. True, I think true. that was yeah. a huge thing, but something to kind of look out too. So, should be interesting. Should be a little interesting when you look at the top 25 and see if there's any teams that are going to jump into it. Um, UCLA also bringing back a handful of the guys from their 2020 or 2021 uh, Final Four run. Um, so seeing if they can make one more run at it too. Yeah, I mean, honestly, didn't watch a whole lot yesterday, but the one I did watch was the Stanford game yesterday. And um, talking about teams that could get their way into the top 25, I mean, that team has lots of talent everywhere. Like, got a couple transfers, the kid from Davidson who's going to come in and score. And then I think he might end up being a lottery pick. Um, this kid Ingram from Stanford, about six seven, kind of the point forward wave. So we'll see what that is. And, you know, Stanford always is going to play that um, slow it down kind of ball, which I love. They got – Basically, when I was watching the game yesterday, they had three point guards on at the same time, um, including the six-seven lottery pick, who I think was going to be nice. So, Stanford, don't know crazy much about them, but yesterday, just watching, um, that already looked like a team built for March. I've heard a lot of good things about Stanford. Yeah, no question. I'm going to bring up their roster real quick because I, I haven't got a chance to actually see who they got, but I've heard a lot of good things. Um, and see if they can get their way into the top 25. Um, the Pac-12 should be interesting, right? Arizona coming off of that um, that big season last year, right? Seeing how they, they bounce back this season. Um, that's another one to kind of look at, too. Oh, so, wait, we didn't even mention that Gonzaga's uh, might move conferences. What you think about that? To the, mm. to the Big Ten, they said, right? Yeah, Big 12. They've, Big 12. they've been trying to move for years. So, like, I don't. Like, I'm at the point where it's like, you know, if it happens, it happens. But, like, it's they've been trying to do this for years and, like, nothing's ever happened. So, I don't know, man. The well, Big we'll 12 see. would be, like, a ridiculous jump, though, actually. Like, I, I all, agree. all those teams that give Gonzaga trouble already, like, when it comes March, you're going to be playing them all year long. Yeah. I mean, that would be some super entertaining games, though. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I think they it, to be honest, but yeah, no question. There'll be a lot of entertaining games for sure. Um, and then Drew Timmy running it back one more time with the Zags, so trying to make one more run at it too. So should be interesting. Should be another great interesting. And then one last note before we move on to NFL too is um this will be Jim Nance's last Final Four. But we didn't we didn't get a chance to talk about that a lot uh, a few weeks ago when it was announced. But I was like, bruh, 
damn that's that's gonna be hella weird to to see this be his last final four um it will be in houston which is where he went to school so i think that's kind of fitting that way um what do you think of that that's crazy i mean that's one of those things that you i mean when it is in march it's gonna be hopefully um there's gonna be a lot of noise around it kind of like they did with uh, marv a couple years ago and him retiring yeah um and then you won't really notice it until the year until the year after so um yeah, that's going to be weird, man. That's going to be super weird. Yeah, I know. When I saw that, I was like, damn, man. Like, I, him him and Rap Brand, such a, such a solid announcing trio over the past few years. It's going to be weird. Um, Ian Eagle is set to be the next dude to end up running the Final Four um, or announcing the Final Four, rather, after Ned. So, I, I think he'll do a great job, too. So, I should be fine. But it's going to be weird without – it's going to be really weird without Jim Nance there. All right, let's let's move on to the gridiron and let's start with some headlines from week nine. Let's start with the first one, which I think definitely deserves some time here on the pod. So I think we all knew it was coming for Indianapolis. I think I think you and I have been waiting for it to happen. We didn't know when it was going to happen. Frank Reich fired by the Indianapolis Colts halfway through the season, three and five and one record. It's been an absolute disaster for the Indianapolis Colts thus far. Reich, Reich gets canned. So you're thinking, all right, probably one of the dudes on their team is going to go on. Gus Bradley is their DC. He's had, you know, he's had a lot of opportunities. He's probably going to be the interim coach. John Fox has coached in two Super Bowls with Carolina and Denver. He would be a logical decision. Um, there, there's a lot of guys who probably could have went to, and they went with literally the most random candidate possible in Jeff Saturday who has been an ESPN analyst for the last few years. Obviously, he's the legendary center who played for the Colts, but has had hardly any coaching He's had as much coaching experience as you and I, B. Like, you and I could end up could, could, could have literally been coaching the Indianapolis Colts right now. I, I don't know, man. I thought the same thing, because then I saw that they hired um, some 30-year-old um, supposed offensive guru to call the plays as well. Um, that nobody knows who the hell that is. So I was oh like, my God. if if I ever was dreaming about being in the NFL or whatever, I'm like, yo, this is the time, man. The Colts are just whatever, you know? So Ursa is kind of at that point where he's just done. And he's like, I, I mean, I kind of respect it because I'm like, yeah, what else? I mean, I, I feel like he's done being in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I kind of respect it. So he's like, you know what? Blow it up. Who knows? Maybe this 30-year-old kid is an offensive guru and he's the next guy. And I took a flyer on him. And I can say I took a flyer on him. But um, the second they bench Matt Ryan, it's like, yo, we're done with this one-year rental of quarterback carousels. Let's tank. Let's get us a legit top three guy in the draft. And let's start this whole thing all over again, man. It's it's amazing because I don't think... like There are a lot of things that have happened this season that I don't think we could have bet on. And that's obviously things like the Eagles starting out eight, no first time in franchise history. The New York Jets being six and three. The Seahawks being six and three. The Buccaneers being four and the Packers being three and six. But with such high expectations that the both of us had for the Indianapolis Colts this season in particular, but getting Matt Ryan, I never would have I never would have thought or predicted that the Colts would just be throwing in the towel by week nine. Not just in this season, but for the future of their entire organization. I don't know, man. It's 
it, it, it's very honestly they could be going the direction like you just said they could just be being like screw it we're just gonna just scrap the whole thing right now and be like we're just gonna intentionally tank by just bringing in someone who has never had any coaching experience before and just call it a day but like Sure, you can go and do that, but like, come on, man. It's it is a bit of a slap in the face to some of the other dudes that have been waiting their turn and their opportunity, and they didn't get it. That's the only thing that I think is a bit of a slap in the face. But um, at first I thought I was like, whoa, this is kind of cool, very random. But then when you really think about it, it's like, well, there's a lot of guys that have been waiting 30, 40 years for that opportunity, and they just didn't get it. Yeah, I guess, but I'm all, I mean. You know, you know. I mean, we don't really know. Whatever. It's kind of like it's. It would have been the same um, process, regardless, right? And on um, you got the dude that's paid the dues, waited, and then you have the dudes that have no resume at all. Um, I, whenever he decided to make the coaching change, it was going to be the same thing. It's just kind of like the abruptness of it, like. I get it. You didn't give those guys the chance, at least, right? Like, at least maybe, you know, try them out or have your interim guy be an interim guy for a couple weeks. I mean, then then you can do whatever you want with your own football team, right? Oh, absolutely. I totally get that. But just with all the things that that we've been talking about, especially with the coaching carousels and diversity and all that stuff, it's, you know, it's just... It's, it's for things like this, right, where you just bring in someone with no experience and say, boom, you're going to be the next head coach. It's like, okay, but then you're, you're going against all the other things that we've been trying to, to you know, to improve. And, and the whole Rooney Rule thing, it's just like that, that just was like, you know, there's no use in it. So I don't know. It is what it is. It's a weird hire. The Colts are, are done this season. We already know they're, they're putting in the towel. Um, but it'll be interesting. We're going to see who they get next. Obviously, you know, they had Peyton. Peyton's gone. They went in rebuild. They got luck. They had their guy. And then that panned out for a few years until it didn't. And then ever since luck left, it's been all downhill from there. And then now the Indy's got to try and figure out who their next quarterback is. Is it going to be maybe CJ Stroud? Is it going to be maybe Bryce Young? Who knows? We're going to find out. And obviously we'll see what happens with the Colts um, and where they fall in the draft order. But in terms of the playoffs, Nope, that that's not even gonna not even a conversation anymore. That's tough, and it's gonna be interesting. Be what like what happens with Matt Ryan going from here? That's gonna be really interesting now. Like where where does he go from here? Does he play another season on another team? Does he retire? Very interesting situation there too. Yeah, that I mean, I'm kind of happy that at least that one direction that the Colts are going with, where it's like we're done recycling everybody else's older quarterbacks, like. No more trying out one quarterback for a year. Let's just go get our guy yeah. and be set for 10 years. Because we've been saying, like, oh, this team is just missing a quarterback for at least, like, five years, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've been trying it out, trying it out. It hasn't worked. Go get your guy and let's build around him now instead of the opposite outside to inwards way that nobody really does in the NFL. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, that, and that's the part where you got to respect that. So, well, we'll see what happens there. Going down the headlines from week nine, how about Joe Mixon? This dude was unbelievable on Sunday. Lucky for me, I got 50 fantasy points out of that performance. 
Five touchdowns, 153 rushing yards, 58 receiving yards. He was everywhere. Carolina had absolutely no answer. No Jamar Chase, no problem for the Cincinnati Bengals. And you would have thought they would have done that last week. The second Jamar Chase is out, I mean, in my mind, I'm like, okay, Joe Mixon's going to get a crazy usage. And then they basically let one go against Cleveland. Um, but that's that's uh, that's what Cincy should have done to me a week ago. Um, but that should be their game plan going forward as long as Jamar Chase is out. Oh, Run the ball. And you still got – like, even with Joe Mixon now being your – like, that's your offense. Higgins ain't no slouch. Tyler Boyd ain't no slouch. Like, you still have guys that can take over a game. So, that should be their, their MA going forward. No doubt. Run the football, man. Run the football. They've been missing that element to this offense. They get really pass happy. Now you don't have Jamar Chase. But like you said, you still have playmakers. You still have Higgins. You still have Boyd. You still have guys who are going to help your pass game. But let Joe Mixon be the motor to this offense. And the Bengals might have found something there, man. Hopefully, because they need some wins right now sitting at 5-4. and four, But that was a big, big win over Carolina on Sunday. Justin Fields broke the rushing record for a quarterback. He shredded Michael Vick's. Well, not really shredded. But he beat Michael Vick's record rushing for 178 yards against the Miami Dolphins, although the Bears still fall, fell short, lost by three points. The Bears are low-key kind of – they're playing decent I, football right now. Can we talk about this for a second? Because, like, that game, I was I was so – like, like the turning point was definitely against the Patriots, right? Yeah. They, they played in a super ugly Thursday night or the week before. Yep. Nothing happened. And then – the Patriots, I already had thought, are like a top five defense at that point. And they came in and shredded them. And then the next week, they go to Dallas, who also might be a top five defense. Still hung up 30 on them. And then this week, they go against Miami and hang up 30 again on them. And Justin Fields has had like 300 yards combined in all three of these games. Over 100 yards rushing in all of these games. Um He's looking, like, really hard to stop all of a sudden. Remember earlier in the year, we are like, man, this guy completes six passes a game. He throws the ball eight times a game. Like, I'll believe it when I see it. Now he's like, yeah, I completed eight times a game, but I'm going to rush for 200 yards. Yeah, it's, it is fascinating to see that. I mean, the Bears used to be the team that had no offense. And we thought the whole time of, obviously, we thought Nagy was the problem. He's gone. I haven't heard that name in months. Um, bring in Ibraflus, who's the defensive guy, and you're like, why would you do that? Because you have a young quarterback in Justin Fields, you're bringing in a defensive guy. This isn't going to go well. And like you said, the first few weeks have not gone well. But you're right. They figured something. That Monday night in Foxborough, they figured something out because this offense has taken off ever since. And I don't know what they figured out, but it's been working, and Fields has looked fantastic, and this Bears offense all of a sudden looks good. And the Bears are competitive now for three straight weeks. They figured something out, and this is going to help. We'll see how it how they keep this up through the um the red the second half of the season. But the Bears look dramatically better, and that's that's something to watch in that rebuild there in Chicago. So Fields, man, that was impressive, and that's this is what the Bears had hoped for when they drafted Justin Fields to have performances like this. That was very impressive, really impressive stuff. But again, still falling short, but. Nonetheless, was a, was a very impressive performance. How about your AFC East, man? This division, all of a sudden, we've been talking about the NFC East. The AFC East has just been like, 
hold my drink, and now all of a sudden it's just like it, it, it's a one it's a one game separation between all four of those teams. You got your Patriots are sitting in fourth at five and four, a game behind. Miami and the Jets are tied at six and three, and then the Bills have got a half game lead at the top at six and two after falling to the Jets on Sunday. I mean, the Jets um, are still fighting. Like, their defense is really good. Um, I think now if if there's an actual concern with Josh Allen and his injury, this thing is super wide open. Like, I mean, there's a slew of division games coming up for all of these teams anyways um, that could all go either way. We just saw this last week against the Jets, but – if Josh Allen misses a game or two and they're playing in Minnesota already this uh they're playing Minnesota this week too right which is um yep definitely a losable game i mean why wouldn't there's definitely a chance that they could be sitting in the 2 or the 3 spot after next week who would have thought this would happen to the bills for a second straight season like i know they won the division last year but your patriots were right there yeah, were right, right. They were right there, and now all of a sudden this year we're thinking the same thing. The Bills in a runaway, sitting at six and one. Nobody's gonna stop them. They're gonna go fifteen and two and call it a day. All of the sudden they're now zero and two in the AFC East. They got a half game lead on the Jets and the Dolphins, and then a game lead against the Patriots, and they still have to play your Patriots twice things are not and then on top of that josh allen is hurt who's got an elbow injury i don't know what happened to the bills man this is the second set last year it happens if we thought it was gonna be a runaway and then your patriots just turned that upside down by beating them in that monday night game and now we're have it's happening again we think the bills are gonna just take this division in a runaway and then the jets just turn that upside down on sunday and then how about my prediction from last week Saying the Jets would win twenty one seventeen and they won twenty to seventeen. Just want to shout that out to you. Wow, that's that's pretty crazy. And they're doing it um, without Brees Hall. Very impressive. Um, they're I mean, Sauce Gardner might be like an All Pro as a rookie. He's playing great football. Great football. And then um, the one thing that it's a little worrisome if I'm a Bills fan is is this is the same injury that um, Josh Allen missed some times a couple of years ago that UCL. Um, which is your like your elbow, right? Yep. The the typical throwing thing. So if it does get worse, then it could go down. Like I mean, worst case scenario, knock on wood, it could go down. Um, you know, in that direction of the Tommy John, which would be terrible. I'd be awful. That that that, that would be awful. And that's what I'm saying. Who would have thought the Bill season would end up kind of coming to that? And it's kind of hinging on this Josh Allen injury and. Now they got a huge game at home against the Minnesota Vikings who have been on a roll lately. Mm. I don't know, man. Things are getting interesting, but the AFC East is up for grabs. Luckily for Buffalo, the Jets and Dolphins still have to play them at Buffalo in December. So if that's a plus for anything, the Bills still have that. But the AFC East is, honestly, in my opinion, I think it's way more interesting than the NFC East, to be honest. But both East divisions, absolutely wild. Um, right now, and then speaking of old friends in the AFC East, Tom Brady, man, this dude really just shut us all up, man. It was getting to the point where we're like, wow, like it really is over. And then the Rams just let him stick around. They let him stick around, and then he did it again. And then now we're sitting here saying, 
okay, we can relax for a second because Brady finally did his Tom Brady thing. Yeah, come on. It's actually like clockwork at this point. Like, you can say whatever you want, but just don't give him the ball with a minute left, man. Like, seriously. And it was it was honestly so refreshing to see in the press conference. And he's like, man, that that, that was awesome. Like, it's like he got like the – you know, you got like the the rejuvenation from yeah. winning that game, man. So honestly, just that press conference alone, I'd be like, oh shoot, man, this guy can't be. If this guy starts having fun with it again, it's over. Oh, yeah, like you, like you got to knock a dude like that down when he's down, man. Don't give that dude any any slimmer because yep. it could be could get down bad. Yeah, thanks a lot, Rams. That was, yeah, they had numerous times to put them away and they just couldn't put it away. And like you said, you give Tom Brady enough times to come back, he's going to figure it out. Speaking of guys who you got to hammer down when they're down and you give them enough chances to come back, they're going to come back. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, the Titans had them, man. They had them. They were playing almost a perfect defensive performance. And then what happened late in the game, Mahomes did Mahomes things, and of course, they come back and they win it in overtime. The Titans, I don't know, I don't know, B. Like, they can't, they can't win with this formula of throwing 10 times a game. Like, they can't do it. I get it, you want to ride Derrick Henry and you do that, but like, this is on you and, your, and the general manager for not getting any receivers. You know what I'm saying? Because this is not a formula that's going to get you very far. Well, I came out this game thinking way more impressed with Tennessee because I was, I mean, we've been talking so much junk about Tennessee. Like I didn't even have them in my playoffs. Right. And then we're like, okay, they're going to win the South by default. But Vrabel is so good, man. I, I really don't think he gets enough credit. It's like that team talent wise. I mean, outside of Derrick Henry, it's like, who is even on that team? And he gets them prepared every single week. He's made Tannehill, like, this team for the last couple years been, you know, around the one seed and, like, had, like, fake Super Bowl dreams, right? Yeah. Even though we didn't buy into it. I did. Right? It's freaking Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback. Like, that is, like, it's, like, so overachieving that it's, like, it looks bad that you're so overachieving because then when you underachieve, people give you flack for it. But it's like, no, they're not even supposed to be in that position anyways. Ryan Tannehill is his quarterback. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you gave this dude um, legit pieces to work with, why not? Because Vra- Vrabel's just that good. Yeah, no, that's a good call, B. I think you do got to give uh, Mike Vrabel a whole lot more credit for what he's done this season. I don't think any of us expected a lot out of the Titans, but then again, I think a lot of that also has to do with the fact that the Jags are still learning how to win. Houston just doesn't have a direction as an organization, and the Colts decided to just call it quits on week nine. So it's really there for the Titans taking. Like they still do have Derrick Henry, they still have a decent offensive line, and they have a very good defense. But like you said, they have nobody at receiver. You and I could line up at receiver and do better than anyone who's in that building right now. And then a quarterback. You have Tannehill, which we know his ceiling, and it's not very high. And then you got young Malik Willis, who I think is kind of evident. I think Vrabel wants to show confidence in the kid. I think he wants to let him throw. The problem is they don't have anybody to throw to. Malik Willis was 5 for 16 on Sunday night. 5 for 16. And those five completions were to tight ends. 
And th- hold on, those five are real tough five like completions too. Like even a, even a couple that he missed, they were drops. Like like they did the kid no favors. No. Like there was no separation at all. And they still lost by three in overtime. That, which is at what Arrowhead. I'm to say. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very impressive. It is impressive, and I think we're, I agree. The Titans do need they need more credit because for what they're doing right now, they're sitting at five and three. They're probably going to win that division. Um, and then probably not do much in the postseason I mean, when they get there. I just even be top twenty. Like, I mean, maybe top twenty, but give him. I don't know. You tell me. You gave him Minnesota's skill position guys. This guy wouldn't be sitting with the one seat again. Yeah. No. You you have a point. Like if they had like again just receivers or a, and a better quarterback. But like they I did think... let, I mean, you can't, we can't give them too much of a break. I mean, they're the ones that traded AJ Brown. Like, oh yeah. He was, that's on he them. was there. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, that's on them. Like if you're going to get rid of a dude like AJ Brown, at least have a good enough backup plan and they did it. Their and they backup plan. Traylon Burks was that backup yeah, plan. Exactly. And then trading for Robert Woods. And that has not panned out whatsoever. So it's, it's been a disaster for Tennessee. And like I said, you, you can't, throw the ball 26 times in two weeks. And then you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side throwing 68 times in a game. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. You have two sides. 43 to 5 in completions. It's it's ridiculous. And the score was 20 to 17. Unreal. Unreal. Weird, weird game. But again, it's Kansas City showing they can win in a lot of different ways. And that's scary. If Kansas City's showing that right now, man, I don't know. Especially with Buffalo down bad, I don't know, man. I don't know. The, a- the AFC is looking real interesting right now. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, want to d- d- dive into some more games here. We, we talked Chiefs, Titans there. Um, Bucks, Rams talked a little bit. Speaking of games here that we haven't talked about, Lions, Packers. This one was like probably the most entertaining fifteen to nine game that I've tuned into. And the Packers have now lost five straight games and they're sitting at three and six. Is it over for the Green Bay Packers, B? Yeah, it's done. It is done, man. I have no faith in this team at all. Like, I can't even, like, I couldn't even talk myself into a highlight at all. I'm like, yeah, I mean, they held the Detroit Lions to 15 points, I guess. But Aaron Rodgers, what did he have? Three picks in the red zone? Like yeah, what brutal? What? Like it just makes no sense. Why? Why is he not capable of making the right decision anymore after having two back-to-back MVP years? Doesn't just this blows my mind? I don't know what the hell is going on in Green Bay. I honestly don't. This is a team that, like you said, they they have they've won. 13 games three years in a row. They've been the number one seed twice. I'd, to me, it makes absolutely no sense why they're like this. But on top of that, it's the receivers don't know what they're doing. Like what Rodgers was saying that in the offseason, the dude wasn't lying. Sammy Watkins looked confused. Like he was not running the, the, he was not running the right routes. He didn't know where he was going. And Rodgers just threw it out there and was like, this is where you were supposed to go. And just made him look awful. I don't know, man. There's just some serious miscommunication going on on offense. They're getting hit with injuries left, right, and center. And they just don't have any confidence whatsoever on either side of the football. 
The only thing that I'll say about this for Green Bay is the one season in 2016 where that was the whole famous relax season, the Packers were 4-6 and six going into Week 11. If the Packers beat knock off the Cowboys on Sunday, they would be 4-6. and six. Now, the Packers won out that year and won six straight games to end the season. Do I believe that this Packers team can do that? No. Now, do I think I could bet on Aaron Rodgers to win six straight games? Yes. But my problem is they don't have Devontae Adams and they don't have some of the guys that they had before. They don't have a Randall Cobb. They don't have a Geronimo Allison. They don't have those guys. Can Alan Lazard be that guy? I don't know. Like, I just don't. Like, they need somebody else to help out Lazard doing those things. Aaron Jones has has done enough. He's done a lot of stuff, but then he also has been battling with that ankle injury now. Their offensive line is trash. I don't know, man. It's it's not looking good. It's not looking good for the Packers, and I don't know, I don't know if this team's making the playoffs, man. Like I said, I can bet on Aaron Rodgers to pull it off, but I don't know if I can bet on this team to pull it off. I mean, you let me know when we find Aaron Rodgers because that ain't Aaron Rodgers over there. That's a good like, point. He, uh, I mean, normally, like, because I, I, we were talking about this a, lot, uh, a couple weeks ago, where, like, I mean, when a quarterback's normally this good, like, how many ta- how many different dudes a year do we see come in as receiver, and we never heard of them the year before, and then all of a sudden they're, like, a contributor, right? Just around the league. Like, the receivers pop up out of nowhere all the time. This dude's gone through. It's not like he was only there with Devontae Adams, right? You can throw it back 10 years and talk about whoever the hell you want. And James Jones and mm-hmm. Greg Jennings, all of those boys, right? Like, Oh, yeah. It, it should be. And if you're that special of a quarterback, and with Aaron Rodgers, it has been. It's like, okay, next, next one up. I'm going to put the ball where you can't drop it anyway. So what difference does it make? Then you give him Devontae Adams. And then obviously Devontae Adams is super elite. So then it like puts the ceiling through the roof. But like, it shouldn't be this bad, right? Like he, it should not be this bad. No. He should make Lazard or Watkins. Like one of those dudes should be, I mean, like at least a wide receiver two in fantasy or something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, I, I absolutely agree with that. It's, and I think that the, the, the three interceptions as a whole is bad enough, but that one to Aiden Hutchinson on the fourth and goal, I think that one was the most telling out of all of them. One, it was an absolutely horrific throw. Two, you're telling me you don't have any faith in any of your receivers that you decide after a timeout on a fourth and goal, you come out of the timeout and you throw to your left tackle, David Bakhtiari, and you couldn't even put it on the money and you're Aaron Rodgers. That one was for me, not just Rodgers making a horrible throw, but two, Matt LaFleur's play calling coming out of a timeout. What in the hell was that? You're telling me you didn't have anything more creative in the book to run and you ran that? I don't know, man. It's the, the Packers offense is the Packers offense is not good right now. They're down pretty bad. They need something to kind of help their cause. They need to be more creative. They need to get more guys involved. And the injuries are not helping, but they don't look good, man. They they really do not look good. Rounding out the scores from week nine, the Eagles remain undefeated, taking down the Texans. That game was close for a little bit um, there. The Eagles won that one 29-17. The Vikings once again find a way to like it's weird. The Vikings have won six straight, but they've all been close. They've 
Every single game has been a close game. They beat the Commanders 20-17. to Bengals destroyed the Panthers 42-21. That game was over by the end of the first quarter. Patri- your Patriots destroyed the Colts 2-26-3 as a defensive clinic. The Jaguars come back and beat the Raiders 27-20. Let's talk about your Raiders for a second. Because this... Man, as soon as I saw Devontae Adams going off, I'm like, here we go. Raiders finally getting this offense going. Devontae's going off. Raiders going to get a big win. And then they blow it to Jacksonville on the road. And now they're sitting at 2-6. and six. This, is, this is just an absolute bet. disaster. I would have bet that whoever was winning this game at halftime was going to lose the game. I mean, the Raiders-Jaguars, like, just True. stay away from that one if you're going to bet. Um, but it's like those – like, you could have told me any possible scenario in this game, and I would have believed you. These two teams are like carbon copies of each other shooting themselves in the foot. That's a good point. But for the like, but then again, the Jaguars, we know this is a team that's learning how to win. They're young. The Raiders, on the other hand, are experienced. Stupid. They got so much talent. And exactly like you said, they're just, I don't know what, like, you, you just don't know what you're going to get on Sunday. But the one thing I can guarantee you're not going to get is a winning football team. They haven't showed it at all, and they've blown three 17-point leads. They can't get a good deal. Like, the Raiders have not had a good defense since, like, 2002. Like, I haven't seen the Raiders have a good defense ever since. Ever since they traded Khalil Mack, to be honest with you, this defense has been atrocious ever since. This team needs a good defense, let alone a whole lot more. But it's amazing with all that talent on offense, and they're just doing this crap. It's, it's ridiculous. I don't know how they lost this game. I don't know how they lost those other games where they had 17 point leads. It's it's mesmerizing how the Raiders do this every year, man. Absolutely it's, brutal. It's so obvious that they are way better with Pitball Rich coaching than um McDaniels so far. Um like he this was probably McDaniels' like last shot too as a head coach. Um and the way it's looking, man, like not looking good. He might he might not be around next year. Brutal. But like you see how bad the Patriots' offense is. So you see, like, McDaniels obviously meant something over there, and then he goes and coaches this team. But I'm like, this team, any other – you put any other dude as the head coach, and this team has at least two or three more wins, right? Yep. So it's like one team clearly missing him. One team clearly can't – does not need him at all. Super strange, honestly, how – the Belichick coaching tree, they absolutely suck as coaches, but then put them back on Belichick's staff and they're fantastic. Yeah. Some guys are just meant to be coordinators, man. Apparently, because this is McDaniel's second stint and it's just as bad, if not worse, than his stint with Denver. I don't understand. And this this team has a whole lot more talent than the Broncos team ever did. Yeah, that's how I was about to say it might be worse. Honestly, the only thing that could save the Raiders now is bringing Tim Tebow out of retirement and throwing him at quarterback. <coughs> but don't know, man. I, I I really I really truly don't know. But um, re- yeah, rounding out the scores here again: Chargers beat the Falcons twenty to seventeen at the buzzer. Seahawks keep it rolling thirty one twenty one over the Cardinals, and then the Ravens won last night on Monday night in New Orleans twenty seven to thirteen. Game ball. Who you got? Talked about him earlier, but I'm going to go with Justin Fields, man. In the loss, 
I get it. But you put around 300 yards of offense, um, 170 on the ground, 180 on the ground, man. Um, dude is just electric. Justin Fields gets my game ball. Yeah, I agree. Justin Fields definitely deserves that. I'm going to give it to Joe Mixon, man. This was a heck of a performance. <laughs> Five touchdowns, the way he ran the football was everywhere. Really, for all the fantasy owners out there getting 50, 60 points in fantasy, just absolutely ridiculous. Joe Mixon was fantastic. The Bengals got to keep running the hell out of this dude to get this offense going. Team of the week. Yep, leads right to it, man. We talked about him earlier, too. Team of the week is the Bengals. Um, it took, I feel like it's been so obvious. Joe Mixon is not just like a good running back, like he's a legit stud, but they, they just get caught up in all their other toys on the outside. But Joe Mixon is that dude. Give him the ball um, and let everybody else on your offense feed off of it. And they just dominated this game from the get-go. So, Cincy, team of the week. I'm going to go to New York, man, and give it to the Jets. This was a heck of a performance to knock off Buffalo at home. They just don't – this is a team that just never says die, and they're playing a lot like their coach's mentality. Robert Sala is that gritty – energetic coach does not give up the Jets are playing like it they're playing hard for their coach right now and the Jets who would have thought six and three they got some big games coming up in the second half of the season should be interesting to see if they can keep it up biggest letdown of the week I gotta I feel like we probably have the same one maybe not yeah shock I feel like a broken record man the Green Bay Packers can we change the the award to the Green Bay Packers of the week we might need to we, li- I mean, we literally might easy. Nine points, pathetic. We talked about it already. Three picks in the in crucial, crucial timing is just awful. Um, wake me up when we get to see where Aaron Rodgers actually is. Honest. I mean, I, I picked the Packers as my biggest letdown in the last two weeks, so I had to change it up. And we already talked about the Raiders before, literally two minutes ago, so I'm not going to elaborate too much. But they're my biggest letdown of the week. I just can't believe you blow that game against Jacksonville. It's ridiculous. I would have went with the Packers anyways, but I've picked the Packers the last two weeks. They just keep getting worse and worse every week. It's just I'm running out of excuses for the Green Bay Packers and the Las Vegas Raiders. It's amazing, man. You split up Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and look what happens. They're both doing horrible. <laughs> It's like one of those like romance movies where they're both like thinking about each other in the split screen. Literally, it's it's unreal. I don't know. You put them together and these men's were unstoppable. And then you break them apart and they both they're both doing awful. Well, I'm not gonna lie. Devontae Adams is doing good. He's playing good football. I mean, but like nowhere near um what he was doing over there. No. Like he comes out like once every couple of weeks and has a yeah. monster game. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And with Green Bay, it was on a weekly basis. But with the Raiders, it's been like once every three weeks. So, yeah, no, I, I totally get that. All right, let's go to week 10 here. Let's start Thursday Night Football, which I really don't feel like either of us give an absolute damn about this one. Um, Falcons are tied for first with the Buccaneers sitting at four and five. They go to Carolina. And Carolina, after a few weeks of fighting, they went back to being one of the worst teams in football last week. Um, Falcons at Carolina, who you got? Um, I'm going to take the Panthers in this one. Just a weird division Thursday night game. Um, who the hell knows is going to be playing quarterback for the Panthers, but I got the Panthers in this one, 21-17. Wow. I got the Falcons on the road, 24-16. I can see the Panthers pulling this one out. I can see where you're going with this, but the Falcons are just the better team. The Panthers look so bad on a short week, too. It's going to be a sluggish one either way. I'll take the Falcons, 24-16. Big, big game in Germany on Sunday. This is a big game, man. 9.30 a.m. Eastern time kickoff in Munich. The 6-3 and three Seattle Seahawks take on 
the four and five Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. This is a, this is a big game for both teams. If the Seahawks win this game, you're like, wow, this team's right. If Geno goes in and outduels Tom Brady, now you're saying like, wow, like this dude, this dude really here that this ain't no fluke. But the Buccaneers go when they win this game. You're saying, oh no, the Bucks are now on a roll. So the winner of this game, we're going to be talking about whoever the hell wins this game. No doubt. And I feel a lot better for Tampa if this was in Tampa. Agreed. Um, and, and not the weird Germany game, but I'm going to take the Bucks here, 32-24. Um, this is going to be a good game, man. Who would have thought? The Bucks always in low-scoring games, man. I'll take the Buccaneers 24-21. I think they find a way to keep it rolling. It's going to be close, man. The Seahawks team just doesn't go away. As annoying as it is as a Niner fan, but you got to give them credit, man. They're playing good football. They're, they're playing fundamentally sound. Their defense fundamentally sound. Their defense is playing excellent. They're running the football. They're doing exactly what Pete Carroll wanted to do at the beginning of the season, and they're winning games. This is a huge game, but I'll take the Bucks by 3, 24-21. It's going to be a good football game. Um, speaking of good football games, I mean, I guess this really depends if Josh Allen plays. If Josh Allen doesn't play, then you got Case Keenum taking on his former team. Vikings at the Bills, who you got? Yeah, I'm thinking this is a Case Keenum game, man. I'm going to take the Vikings in this one. Um, low scoring, 21-17. It's always a low scoring game with the Vikings, and they always seem to win these close games, which I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm going to take the Vikings as well in this one, whether Josh Allen plays or not. I think if he does play, he's not going to be fully healthy. And if he doesn't play, he got Case Keenum. I think the Vikings are going to find a way to get that. A lot of these guys played with Case Keenum. I like the Vikings 26-21 on the road. Hmm. Big win for Minnesota if they're able to get this one done, man. Again, nobody's really talking about the Vikings, but they're getting it done. Titans and the Broncos. Man, this is a game I was down on definitely in the offseason. But I like in the Titans. I feel like the Titans are just a better version of the Broncos. I mean, the defenses are good. Um, I just don't see a lot of points in this one at all. 17-12 Titans. I'm with you. I think a low-scoring game as well. Um, but I think the Titans figure this one out. I'll take the Titans 20-17. to 17. I think, again, when, it, when it's a game like this, like you said, they're very similar. Both defenses really good. I think the Titans defense is better. Um, the offense, both, both can't get anything going whatsoever. But the Titans are way more well-coached. We talked about it earlier in the episode with Mike Vrabel. He will outcoach Nathaniel Hackett left, right, and center. I got the Titans at home 20 to 17. Jaguars go to KC. Yeah, this uh this should be um a nice spot for the Chiefs to get get some points up, I think. I think the Chiefs win this one pretty big. Um 34-24. Yeah, I'm with you. I'll take the Chiefs 30 to 17 in a runaway. Um, going to be some good experience for the young Jags going in playing Kansas City, but it it, it might be close for a little bit, but the Chiefs will pull away and they'll get the job done 30-17. to 17. Dolphins host the Browns. This one I think could be a, a solid game as well. We don't know which Browns team shows up, um, but Miami's always playing good games, always in the 30s somehow. So I'm going to take the Dolphins 32-29. I'm with you. I think this is going to be an exciting game. Going to be down to the wire, um, but I like the Finns at home 26-23. It's going to be a close one. The Browns always find a way to stay in games, but I think Miami ends up getting the job done. Giants coming off a bye. They host the Texans at home. It is super, super trap game written all over it for the Giants. Off the, off the bye week, 
feeling good. Definitely looking past this Texans game on to next week. Um, I'm going to take the Texans here. 20 to 17. Wow. Yeah, you you kind you were kind. I feel like you were hinting at it last week. Um looking at this game saying that they're either going to lose one of these two weeks against the Texans or the Lions. Um I got the Giants at home. I just the Texans, man, they found a way to stick with it last week against the Eagles, but then they just shot themselves in the foot so many times. I really like Damian Pierce, man. That dude is fun to watch. I'll take the Giants at home though, 22-16. It's not going to be pretty. Just like the Giants season as a whole, they've won ugly, but they have a good record. But I like the Giants at home in this one. Steelers and the Saints. Yeah, man, this is. I feel like the Saints keep getting these really weird matchups, man. But I'm going to take the Saints here on the road. Um, super low scoring here, 17-14. Steelers are due for a win. They're coming off a bye. I know things have not gone their way this season as we kind of expected. But I think Mike Tomlin's team's going to fight a little more hard. I like the Steelers at home over the Saints 27-24. Lions at the Bears. I think this one's going to be a really fun one, man. I think there's just going to be, like, so many yards in this game. Um, I'm going to take the Bears 34-32. Depends what Lions team shows up, man. If it's the Lions team that, that played against the, the Patriots or the Cowboys, this could be a blowout for Chicago. But if not, then, yeah, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think the Bears are rolling. Like we talked about it earlier, this offense, something's clicking for them, and they're going to keep it rolling at home. I like the Bears 28-20. to Colts at the Raiders. This is good grief, man. If the Raiders can't win this game, Josh McDaniels better be fired next Monday morning. Yeah, I don't think they will, man. I feel like this Colts, uh, one of these dudes, either Saturday or the play caller or Ellinger or some random dude is going to have a crazy good game and the Colt and it's going to be like wow Saturday is legit or wow like super overreaction to the Colts but um I think the Colts win here um 24-17 No way man if McDaniel's loses this game he better be fired the next day like there's no way on planet earth you're sitting at 2 and 6 with this roster at home, and you lose to a Colts team that just fired their coach and just literally brought some dude off the block. Obviously, with Coach Jeff Saturday, not no dude off the block. Obviously, the dude might be a future Hall of Famer as a player, but as a coach, nah. Josh McDaniels can't lose this game, man. There's no way you could lose to a guy who's never coached an NFL game in his life. Josh McDaniels got to win this game. I think the Raiders win big, 31-14. But Lord have mercy, if they lose. I'm telling you, man, there's no way McDaniel should have a job after that. Cardinals out the Rams. Two ugly three and five, three and six teams. I'm going to take the Rams in this one. Um, this is the one where – how does this work in your division? The Rams always win this one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the Cardinals have not – I think they've won once against Sean McVay. Man, you guys – your division is so whack. Everybody just beats everybody like, just like crazy. Um, I'm going to take – um, the Rams, 14-10, though, super low scoring. Basically, the Seahawks can't beat the Rams. The Rams can't beat the Niners. The Niners can't beat the Seahawks. It's, I, I don't understand. I genuinely <laughs> don't understand. I'll take the Rams by three, 23-20. Um, it's going to be a low-scoring game, but I think the Rams pull it out at home. The Rams don't look good, man, and neither do the Cardinals. That's an ugly game. Somebody's going to lose, so I'm going to be happy at the end of it. Cowboys at the Packers, massive game at Lambeau. 
Nah, I can't. You can't cook up a win for the Packers for me. I'm off of it. Um, Cowboys win this one, 28-21. I think the Cowboys are going to do this for McCarthy, man. Going back to Lambeau, they need to. They need a win, okay. and this is a. And it's also a rare opportunity for McCarthy to lay down the gauntlet on Aaron Rodgers. This is it, man. Rodgers is down bad. And now you go and face Mike McCarthy after the whole breakup situation and you got a chance to lay down the gauntlet. Here we go. We're going to find out what happens. But I like the Cowboys laying down that gauntlet 26-23 at Lambeau against the Green Bay Packers. Chargers at the 49ers on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, this is a pretty solid game. This is a... It's like the Chargers played down or up to their competition, so they've been playing down the last couple of weeks. This is a game they're going to play up. I still like the Niners, though, in this one. 31-28. I li- Man, obviously I want the Niners to win, but like the Niners have a bad tendency of coming off the bye and not playing the greatest football. I'm going to take the Chargers 30-27, to although I really hope this is not. I hope the Niners get- – the Niners need to go on a run. They're 4-4. and they got the Chargers, Cardinals, and Saints. They need to go on a run here before they got Dolphins, Buccaneers, and Seahawks. Those are going to be three huge games. So they got to go on a run here. But for some reason, I, I'm going to feel like taking the Chargers, but I hope I'm wrong. Commanders at the Eagles Monday night. Mm, yeah. When, when does the Eagles 17-0 and talks happen? Because remember, we were looking at the schedule, and Green Bay was like the tough game on their schedule. Green yeah. Bay ain't even that good. So, who knows? When does that start happening? Eagles all over the Washington Commanders, man. 36 to 14. Yeah, Eagles. I'll take the Eagles as well by 4, 28-24 at home. Commanders, are they, they can make it a little tough, but the Eagles are just playing too solid football. I think this team's going to go deep into the 10-0, 12-0. I think they got a shot. I'm keeping my eye on that Week 13 game against the Tennessee Titans, though, B. I think they've, there's a team that I think can do it, and they have the right formula to do it. It's the Tennessee Titans. You keep the ball away from Jalen Hurts. You run the football with Derrick Henry, and you got that defense. I know it's in – now, if our game was in Tennessee, I would like them more, but it's in Philly, so I don't know. And also, Philly, that's A.J. Brown's game against Tennessee. So I don't know, man. That that could be a big game. That that that, that could be a big game. And we'll see who's a quarterback in that game there. But yeah, I'll take the Eagles in this one by four. Um, so man, it should be good. There's some good games on the on the schedule this week in week ten in the NFL. Um, final thoughts. Yeah, man, I want some good ass games though. You know what I'm saying? Like last week yeah. it was I mean, I feel like the whole the last couple of weeks have been like really weird results. Yeah. But like not like I need a good game, man. Like, I need to start the phase, just glue yes, to my TV agreed. kind of game. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I don't know which game it's going to be, but I hope it's one of them. Yeah, I felt that last week. Last week, the early games were entertaining, but that the Buccaneers-Rams game, Lord have mercy, want to put me to sleep. But I'm with you. I'm really hoping we get we get a good game um, at some point during the day. We'll see what happens there. Um, but should be good. Week 10 in the NFL, man, should be good. We're in November football already, getting crazy. Um, but we're going to talk week 10 and 11 next week and a whole lot more. So keep it locked. Got a lot more content coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. And we will see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. 
keep it locked and stay tuned we got a lot more sports content coming your way and don't forget to give baller island a follow on instagram and twitter for more sports news and analysis